In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A number of years ago, I was walking behind a couple of women at the hospital, going down the hall, and they were talking loud. They didn't care who heard. And uh, one of them says, I, I just can't believe her behavior. I, she treated me like I have leprosy. And I thought to myself, here's a woman that's read the Bible. <laughs> because there's a lot of talk about leprosy in the Scriptures, in the Old and the New Testament. You notice today in our lessons, the Old Testament lesson, story of the healing of Naaman, and in the New Testament lesson, the Gospel lesson, the story of the healing of the ten lepers. Leprosy was kind of the curse of the ancient world. It was sort of the AIDS of its day. And, and people didn't know everything about it, but they were scared of it, and they thought they could catch it, and they could in some phases of it. But leprosy was one of those illnesses that had a wide range of possible diagnoses. You could go all the way from a bad skin rash, uh, eczema, the heartbreak of psoriasis, to all the way to the dreaded Hansen's disease, which is that where um, you know, blood flow is cut off, tissue gets necrotic and body parts fall off until you die. You, you remember that, right? Yeah. In fact, when I was a kid, there was a, there was a, uh, there was a joke about this, and I think I'm going to tell you this one. It was, uh, <clears throat> did you hear why the two team, hockey teams of lepers had to stop the game? There was a face-off in the corner. <laughs> so, so we used to have all that, all that kind of stuff. When I was a kid, we used to, you know, that, that was big fun for us to talk about lepers. But it wasn't very funny for the people who had it, especially the dreaded Hansen's disease. And although the disease was bad enough, even if you didn't have the Hansen's disease and you had one of these uh, less deadly kinds of skin rash things, the social stigma was just as bad because you could not be with other people, you could not be with your family, you could not go to temple, you could not go to the market. You could not associate with anyone else. Lepers had to go live off by themselves in caves and groves. And, and, and here's a fun part. Every time they approached people, they were walking, they had to shout, unclean, unclean, as if they didn't feel outcast enough. So leprosy, was, it was a big deal. There are two whole chapters, if you want to check this out, there are two whole chapters in Leviticus, I think it's chapter 13 and 14, that deal just with leprosy, how you diagnose it, what, what kind it might be, what you do about it, go see the priest and get cleansed. Uh, two whole chapters on this. So in the Gospel lesson, Jesus is walking along, and ten lepers approach him, and they shout, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us! Apparently they knew who Jesus was. They knew that he could heal, he was a mighty uh, prophet, and they were, maybe they were looking for him. Maybe they were all in a group like that because they, they heard he was in town and, and uh, thought they'd give it a shot. But anyway, they were coming along, and from a distance, you had, to, you had to stay at least 15 feet downwind. From a distance, they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And Jesus simply said, go show yourselves to the priests. And they knew that that meant that the priests would have to certify cleanliness. So, you know, this could be... And as they're walking... They start looking at one another and they go, hey, <laughs> we don't have leprosy anymore. And then one of them turned around and went back and shouted with a loud voice, praising God, and fell at Jesus' feet and said, thank you. Jesus' response, didn't I heal ten lepers? Where's the other nine? 
Is there only this, this foreigner? He was a Samaritan. Is there only this foreigner who returned to give thanks? Go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Some interesting things. The, the, the Samaritan, and you remember that they were the kind of hated by the Jews, half-blood, half-Gentile kind of people. They worshipped at the wrong place. They were just off, you know, according to the Jews. So he was already an outcast being a Samaritan, but he's doubly an outcast being a leper, a Samaritan leper. So maybe the reason, I don't know, I'm speculating, but maybe the reason he came back is because he was doubly grateful, because he was doubly an outsider and unaccepted. He came back to give thanks. So kind of an interesting uh, parable for us, a story for us rather, to turn into a parable to say, well, how does that apply to us? And I think, I think it's this simple. When things aren't going well, it's pretty easy for us to cry, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And then after we're healed, we're real busy being well. <laughs> and that's what the nine were. They were real busy being well, doing stuff that, you know, and no return to give thanks, no gratitude there. Old Testament lesson, similar story. Somebody asked to do something simple. Go show yourselves to the priest. Go wash in the Jordan River. It's Naaman, the Syrian. The Syrians were not friendly to the Israelis at this time. They, were, they weren't out-and-out war, but there were raids that the Syrians made in Israel, and they had, in fact, taken one of the young girls captive on a raid, and this, this girl was made a slave, a servant, to Naaman's wife. And so Naaman is a great commander of the Syrian army. He's in high regard with the Syrian king. He's got everything going for him except he's got leprosy and it's affecting his ability to lead. So the little servant girl, the captured little Israeli girl, says to her mistress, boy, if only my master were in Samaria, the prophet of God could heal him of his leprosy. Really? So she tells Naaman. Naaman tells the king of Syria, the king of Syria writes a letter to the king of Israel. You know, power uh, relates to power. He should have written it to the prophet Elisha, but no, he writes it to the king of Israel. And the, he sends along gold and silver, ten changes of ornamental clothing, you know, gifts. And then the letter says this, Upon receiving this letter, please heal my servant Naaman of his leprosy. And the king tears his clothes, a sign of anguish and despair saying, what am I, God? I can't heal this guy's leprosy. This, oh, this is a trick. He, oh yeah, he's setting me up like a bowling pin here. This is a pretext to war. He's going to say, I gave you these gifts and all the, you know, the, uh, the kind of uh, polite things that you should do and you slap me in the face by not healing my servant. Okay, that's it. We're going to war. So he's all excited about that. He's ripping his clothes and in anguish. And the prophet Elisha hears about it, and he says, sit down and quit tearing your clothes off. Tell the guy to come so that he will know that there is a prophet of God in Israel. So he sends for him. Naaman comes. He's got his whole entourage. He's got his chariot, and uh, probably a pretty nice chariot. And uh, Michael sold it to him. And uh, it was... It was, a, it was a tricked out chariot that Michael arranged for him. He's got, you know, his horses and the, the pack animals with the bags of gold and silver and the ten changes of clothing. He, bring, he pulls the whole entourage up in front of Elisha's place 
And Elisha doesn't even come out. He just sends a messenger out. He says, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River and your leprosy will be cleansed. Well, then Naaman was teed off. What? He, that's not Middle Eastern hospitality. He didn't even come out. He, he, should have, he should have at least come out and waved his arms and called on the name of his God over the spot of leprosy. You know, Naaman has been watching way too many Oral Roberts and Benny Hinn shows. He, he thinks that unless the prophet comes out with some dramatic woo-woo, he, he can't possibly be healed. And he just says, and the servant, it's a servant again that saves the day. This time not the little servant girl, but this time it's, you know, Naaman's servant. And the servant says, look, if the prophet told you something that was really difficult to do to get rid of your leprosy, wouldn't you have done it? Well, why not do this easy thing? You know, he was kind of like saying, if the prophet told you to roll a peanut, a peanut up a mountain with your nose, wouldn't you do that to get rid of Just go dip in the Jordan River. Well, we, we've got cleaner streams than that in Damascus. Abana and Farpar, they're a lot better than this mud hole, the Jordan River. And I've seen the Jordan River, it is a bit of a mud hole. But anyway, yeah, they're a lot better than this. And the servant, hey, hey, just, just do the simple thing he told you to do. What, what have you got to lose besides your leprosy? So... At this point, this is when the healing begins for Naaman. Not when he dips himself in the water. The healing has already started. As soon as Naaman drops the false pride and the phoniness and adapts a stance of humility and acceptance of the word of God, his healing has already started. Spiritual healing. Then the physical healing, he dips himself seven times, boom, skin like the baby's bottom without diaper rash. And so, he, you know, he's, he's all healed. And then he says, truly, I, I, I know that, only it, that, that the true God is only in Israel. And he wants to take a, a couple of baskets of dirt from Israel back home with him because, you know, this is where the true God resigns, resides. And I'm going to, you know, set up a little uh, kind of shrine and so forth. This is, I know that the true God is in Israel now. And he offered all the gold and the change of clothing to Elisha and Elisha said, no, I don't do this for reward. I don't do it for gifts. Forget it. Okay. Then, another part of the story we didn't read, of course, is that Elisha has a servant by the name of Gehazi. And he decides that, the, that, the, that uh, Elisha let, let Naaman off too light. Because for one thing, he's a Syrian. We don't like him anyway. And for another thing, he didn't have him do much except just go dip in the Jordan River. He thinks he got off too lightly. So he runs after him and says, hey, hey, Prophet changed his mind. You know, he's got some people coming. Could maybe use a few changes of clothing, or ceremonial clothing for him. Maybe a little gold, a little silver. Yeah, he changed his mind. Fine. Naaman said, good, I was going to give him all of it. But, you know, just take this. So he goes back. And then the prophet Elisha says to him, where have you been? And he goes, mm, out. <laughs> and he says, I saw you in my spirit. And you took from Naaman. And he said, if you want something so bad from Naaman, you'll have something from Naaman. You'll have his leprosy. And at that moment, his skin turned all white and funky and he had leprosy. That was it. So there are servants, and then there are servants. We know that the servants rescue, come to, the, come to you know, save the day and rescue the little girl and the and the servant uh, also of Naaman. But this servant of Elisha, the prophet, oddly enough, doesn't understand what servanthood means. Interesting. 
There's a lot of lessons from these two texts. One is, do we have gratitude? When things are going well, do we remember to give thanks or do we just call on the Lord when things are going south? And secondly, how about just doing the easy things that are laid in front of us? You know, not looking for something splendiferous and wild. Just, you know, the regular stuff that's in front of us. Do that for our own healing and our spiritual growth. And finally, the part that gets me the most is that this little Israeli girl headed in her heart to want to have her master healed, even though he had captured her in a raid, torn her away from her country, out of her family, away from her people. She still had enough love in her heart that she wanted the master healed. And that might be the biggest miracle of all in these stories. Lord, have mercy on us. And then we'll be grateful. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.